Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Gospel of John, chapter 3. Move the pulpit. I saw my wife's eyebrows go up. So y'all calm down. We're just going to see what the Lord does, okay? This is a train wreck. I miss the Lord. He's always right, isn't he? All right. Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 30. We're going to read in three different translations this morning because we are so spiritual. Um, King James, 21st century version, says this, He must increase, but I must decrease. This is John the Baptist speaking. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus needs to increase I need to decrease. This is what it says in the NIV. He must become greater and I must become less. Lord, ain't that the truth in all of our lives? He must become greater and I must become less. And then here's the New Living Translation. puts a little different spin on it. He must become greater and greater. See, the process, it's not a one-time deal. It ain't like you just say, God, you're you're, you're it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And walk away. God becomes greater and greater over time as a process, and I must become less and less. Father, would you anoint your word and, and the preaching and the teaching and the hearing, and most importantly, the doing of your word this morning for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This will be the second best message you've heard from a butler this morning. Uh, the word that the Lord gave to Valerie is right on point. Right on point. And I know that when she says, uh, I need to say something, that is God. Okay? So um, I want you to hear what she said. We have been given authority. We've been given authority. And we need to walk in that authority. Okay? The word of the Lord from the back of the room, from Brother Sam this morning said, I died, I gave my life so that you could live. And he said, he said in, in, John's, uh, in John's gospel, Jesus said, I came not just to give you life, but give you abundant life. Okay? So the life that he wants to give us is not just breathing until we die. It's of being victorious for him, for his glory, for his honor. His kingdom come and his will be done right? On earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, we have work to do, most of us. Would you, would you uh, be honest enough to say there is room for improvement in my spiritual life that I, I am not seeing, I'm not walking in the authority that Valerie was talking about this morning, or more importantly, I'm not walking in the authority that Jesus talked about, okay? Um, so we have room for improvement. We need to get there. I want to show you, I want to talk to you today about how to get there, um, all of us have uh, obstacles in our lives. Would you agree with me that there's an obstacle facing your life at some level? Right? Uh, some limitation on resources, on, on whatever it is. There's something standing in your way. M- maybe you are also in the place that you say, I am not where I need to be spiritually. 
I really need to grow and I want to grow and I've tried to grow, but it seems like I get to a certain level and I just stop. Okay? You all ever been there? Anybody besides me? So that's what I want us to talk about today. So the Lord gave me uh, a word for this morning uh, several weeks ago, and I want to make sure that I don't mess it up. Um, because the word of the Lord is powerful. It always returns and does its work. Um, so I don't I want to be as clean and clear and stay out of the way as I can. Here's the word of the Lord for us today. No matter what the obstacle is that you face, no matter what the spiritual goal that you might have is, here's the word of the Lord. His will for us is that we are free and full. That we are free and full. Now, I, I, I spun this thing a thousand different ways, and God finally smacked me on the head and said, just tell him what I said. Free and full. And he's trying to spin it. I'm just going to read you some scripture. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to spend some time after we find out and, and establish that this is not just the word of the pastor, but the word of the Lord. Then I want us to spend the rest of our time talking about how. So here, here's some scriptures. I want you to see it. We already saw it in John chapter 3. John said, he's got to decrease, he's got to increase and I've got to decrease. So John's saying, I've got to be, I've got to be free of myself. I've got to be full of Jesus. Free of myself, full of Jesus. That's the word of the Lord for us. That's, the, that's God's will for us. There's some other places that he says it as well. Hebrews chapter 12. Now listen, I, I put out notes every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday. If you've got the note sheet, I may or may not get to any of that. So if you want to fill in the blanks, knock yourself out. Um, here's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, and the first part of chapter of verse 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so, such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In verse 2, it says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So you see this? He says we have to be free of sin. That's those things in our lives, and we all know we've got them. The things that are going on in our lives that are not according to the Word of God. We have to be free of that. He also says we have to be free of the weights. What are weights? Weights are things that are not necessarily sin. They're just not necessarily good for us. Right? They're just stuff that we drag around that might be a drain on our time, our energy, our thoughts, our resources, whatever it is. So we have to be free of sin, we have to be free of weight, and we have to be full of focusing on Jesus. Focusing on the purpose that he's given for us. Let's look again in, um, in Philippians chapter 3. In verse 13, Paul says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I have to be free from the past, free from all of that stuff, free from all those expectations, and full of purpose for God, of pursuing the calling of God in our lives. Okay, so he, we, he wants us free and full. Do y'all believe that? Do you see it from the word this morning? Okay, so that's, that's the deal. So you're thinking, John, I get it. I'm there. I believe, I believe you. I'm just not seeing it in my life. And I need to know what I'm going to do. So I want to show you because Jesus give us, gave us a solution in Mark chapter 9. 
Mark chapter 9, verses 17 and 18. Um, hey, uh, Heather, I'm going to throw you a curve. Can you do all but the last verse of this passage in uh, New Living Translation? There are so many of these and thou's in this thing that we're going we're to lose people. So like verses 17 and 18 and verse 28, can we do that in New Living Translation? This is a, this is a pop quiz. Heather didn't know we were doing this. Um, nailed it. Good job, baby. You made 100. Um, if I was an elementary school teacher, I'd give you a gold star. Uh, here's verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit uh, that won't let him talk. And whenever this uh, spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Hang on just a second. This is this man's son. Can you all imagine your child going through that? And in desperation, you come searching for Jesus so that your kid can be delivered. So this is what he said. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Now let's look at verse 28. This is the end of the story. Guess what happened in the middle? Jesus delivered their son. Cast the demon out, delivered the son. Here's verse 28. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house, his disciples asked, why couldn't we cast out the devil? Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus replied, and, 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 and pay attention to this, and we're going to see this again in, in the other version, but I want you to see this. This kind can be cast out only by prayer. And in, in the King James 21st century version, it says by prayer and fasting. This kind can only be uh, cast out or can only come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let me point out just a few things from this scripture. First of all, um, we have to understand we're in a spiritual battle. I don't have time to establish that scripturally. I've, I've spent many, many messages in the last seven years establishing that, so you can go back and listen to those. The biblical fact is we are in a spiritual battle. We have an enemy. His name is the devil. He commands uh, an, an army of evil spirits, demon spirits, who are uh, under his command, and they love nothing more than to disrupt and distract what God's trying to do in somebody's life. Okay, so please understand we have an enemy called the devil. Here's the second thing I want you to see, and that is this. Um, not all opposition from the enemy is the same. Not every obstacle that you face has the same force applied to it. Because Jesus said, this kind, this kind. The, the uh, disciples had already cast out demons. They've been doing that for a long time. Many, many demons, hundreds of demons, whatever. However you count demons, they, they'd been casting them out. But they came up against something they could not cast out. And they said, why? Jesus said, because this kind. So there are different, this sounds really old school Pentecostal, but it's still true. There are levels of devils. There is a hierarchy of, of spirits in the spirit world. You're like, John, you've lost your mind. It's in the Bible. Okay, you, Jesus said it. This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. He's, so he's saying that not all of your enemies are the same. Not all of your obstacles are the same. There are some things that you're going to come up against in your, in your spiritual life that are going to be almost impossible for you to move. The disciples who had been... Who had been um, deputized by Jesus to go and preach the word and cast out demons came up against one. They didn't have the spiritual credentials to move. 
So understand that not every, uh, not every obstacle that we face, not every challenge, not every goal is going to meet with the same resistance. Here's the second thing I, I want you to, uh, to see out of this scripture is that Jesus said, the only thing you can do to overcome some of these obstacles in your life is to pray and fast. To pray and fast. Yeah, John, I don't want to hear nothing about fasting. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. You can take it up with him. Okay? Prayer and fasting is the only way that you can push through some of those ceilings that have been on your prayer life. Some of those ceilings that have been on your spiritual growth. Some of those obstacles that have been in your way for years, maybe for decades. Jesus said the only way to get through some of the opposition that we face from the enemy is prayer and fasting. And you say, John, why are you talking about that? Because fasting is about getting free. Prayer is about getting full. His will for us is to be free and full. Fasting is about getting free of the hold of the enemy in our lives, the hold of the flesh in our lives. And prayer is about filling up the spirit, our, our spirit, man, filling up our soul with the things of the spirit, choosing to walk in the spirit instead of walking in the flesh. Okay? So prayer is about getting full and, and fasting uh, fasting's about getting free. All right, let's look in one more place and then we're going to have a real honest conversation about fasting. Um, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. One day, some people said to Jesus, I love this, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? <laughs> Sounds like the group I want to be in, right? Jesus responded, Do the wedding guests fast when the bridegroom, when they're celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday, please don't miss this, someday the groom will be taken away. Jesus is the groom. Was he taken away? Yes. And then they will fast. Then they will fast. Now then he explains it. Jesus gave them this illustration. This is still part of the same conversation. He said, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. Um, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins because the new wine would burst the, the wineskin, spill the wine, ruin the skin. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. No one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. You know what? One of the biggest obstacles we face in uh, getting some traction spiritually is that we like the old wine. We like the way things have been. We're sort of in our routine, sort of in our comfort zone. Even the, the challenges and the enemy that, that we face in our lives, we're kind of comfortable with it. We kind of know what to expect. But Jesus said, if, if anything's going to change in your life, you're going to have to put on the new garment. You're going to have to become the new garment. You're going to have to become a new wineskin so you can contain the new wine. See, for, for the people in the Old Testament and the people that Jesus was talking to, the old was the law and the new was Jesus. But for us, the old is the old way, the old stuff that we do, the old nature, the old routines that we're in, and what he's trying to do in our lives, the victory he wants us to walk in, the authority he wants us to walk in, the, the, the uh, overcoming that he wants us to, to receive is the new. 
And if we're ever going to receive the new, the, the new wine, then we have to become a new wineskin. So how do you do that? Through prayer and fasting. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. So he said, listen, my people will, they will fast and pray once I'm gone because they have to be transformed. If you want some transformation in your life, if you want things to become new, you got to fast and pray. And don't be mad at me. I'm just the messenger. I just read it to you. The words of Jesus. Okay? Now, let me get real honest here. I've done a whole bunch of fasting in my life. And I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm telling you to establish a little bit of <clears throat> fasting street cred. All right? <clears throat> Make some of you uncomfortable that I even said street cred. But I said it twice just to offend you. Now, um, I, I've done all kinds, of, all kinds of fasting. One day, five days, three days, 10 days, 21 days. Um, I, I've done the 21-day Daniel fast. I've done every kind of fast you can think of. We've done it. Okay, and if you've been around here long enough, then y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, um, let, me, let me tell you the truth about fasting. It did me almost no good. I'll let that lay there for a second. Most, <laughs> yeah, crickets. Most of the fasting I did did me zero good. I lost weight. I wasn't trying to lose weight, but I lost a ton. Listen, if you don't eat, you lose weight, all right? But God didn't call us to diet. He called us to fast, and that ain't the same thing. Most of the fasting that I've done in my life has been of zero spiritual value for me because I did it with the wrong motivation and the wrong understanding. Okay? Um, let's talk about motive first. You, fasting is not a fad. Fasting is, is the way that the Lord sets us free. Amen. So it doesn't matter if other people are doing it. This is between you and God. So if you're going into it just because somebody else is doing it, you're going to get hungry, but you are not going to get free. You're going to get ornery, but you are not going to get free. You're going to get a headache, but you are, I mean like a big honking headache, but you are not going to get free. Fasting is about getting free. It's about humbling ourselves. It's about, uh, it, it's about uh, teaching our, our soul who's in, who's in charge. It's about teaching the flesh. You don't get to call the shots. I'm a child of God. It's about breaking the hold of self-reliance and pride in our lives. It's saying to God, I know I want to eat, but I would rather have you in charge of my life than I want to eat. So I'm going to put in subjection the things that I want, and I'm going to, I'm going to open myself up and invite you to come in. Okay? That's what it's about. So listen, don't fall for, for anybody giving you some sort of religious condemnation about what you are or are not doing. It's not about them. What you're doing is between you and God. It's really not any of their business. Okay? So don't worry about that. This is not, I've been shamed and guilted and browbeaten into, into fasting. Uh, there's been this expectation, this cultural expectation about it. For a while, it was kind of the, the cool thing. If you were spiritual enough, then you were going to fast. It, throw all of that out the window. This is between you and God. This is about you becoming a new creation. This is about you becoming a new wineskin that can, that can handle the new wine that he wants to pour out into your life. So I want to invite you to fast. 
Now, there, in the Bible, fasting was always about food. It was, it was either a total or partial abstinence from either all food or, um, or certain types of food. Um, and so biblically, it was always about food. For, but there are a lot of ways, if the purpose of fasting is to break the hold of the flesh and the world in our lives, then I want you to understand that there are lots of ways that the world and our flesh can try to control our lives besides food. As a matter of fact, I think we would be really surprised if we were honest with ourselves, we'd be really surprised about all of the ways, all of the things that are in our lives that are fighting for control of us besides the Holy Spirit. Okay? So remember, fasting is about getting free. So what is it that you need to be free from? So I mean, I want to invite you to spend some time before each month begins, spend some time asking the Lord what He would like you to fast and for how long? I'm not mandating anything. I'm not checking up on you. I'm not going to take a poll, see how spiritual people are. I, I'm, I'm just inviting you to fast. This is something the Lord laid on my heart and, and laid on my heart to invite you to do as well. Not for my benefit, but for yours. Okay? So I heard this on a leadership podcast I was listening to a few weeks ago, and I knew that I needed to do it, and I knew I needed to invite you to do it. Okay, so ask the Lord, what do you want me to fast and how and for how long? Ask the Lord, what is vying for control of my life besides you? And then show me what I need to do about it. Okay, so for some of you, it might be food. And I think if we're going to really be serious about fasting, I think food has to be part of it at some point for some length of time. But it's not the only thing that's vying for our attention. It's not the only thing vying for control of our lives. So there's lots of things to fast. If you're going to break bondages in your life and get set free, you need to fast. So maybe it's food. Maybe it's sweets. Maybe you're in the habit of eating a bowl of ice cream every night. If I can get by with it sometimes after lunch and after supper. Yes, if there's enough of it. So maybe it's sweet. But listen, this is, not a, this is not a diet. If you need to lose weight, go on a diet. This is about losing the control of the enemy in your life. Okay? That's what this is about. So maybe, maybe we need to fast social media. I mean, you want to talk about something that church folks need to get set free from. Do you know how much time the average American spends on social media every week? 15 hours. Over two hours a day that they spend on social media. The average, and some of us try to be above average in everything, right? So that's three or four hours a day that we're spending on social media. 15 hours. And pastor, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to volunteer. 15 hours a week. How many books can you read or listen to in 15 hours? I ain't got time to better myself. 15 hours. Okay? Just saying. Maybe, maybe we need to fast uh, impulse shopping. Online shopping. Y'all ready for me to stop now? John, I, I, don't have, I, don't, I, don't, I can't give to the church the way I, I want to. You give to Amazon. For stuff you didn't even know you needed yesterday. You're like, oh, I didn't know they had that. 
I want three of those in every color. Right? Maybe we need to fast negative talk. Like what comes out our mouths? Do we even listen to ourselves? Maybe we need to fast criticism. Now, if you're going to fast criticism, you might as well get off social media. All right? So maybe it's whatever it is. Maybe it's TV time. Maybe, maybe it's the hobbies that are keeping you away from your family. Whatever it is. Ask the Lord, what is it that's fighting for control of my life besides you? And then see what he tells you to do about it. Okay? So I'm just, I'm, this is between you and God. And you say, man, I, I, this, this was harder than I thought. Whatever it is, then that shows you the kind of hold that it has on your life. You need to get mad about the things that are trying to control your life. Like the harder, if I mention something, you're like, oh, that'd be hard. Do that first. Because that's the thing that's got the biggest hold on you. And listen, that's uh, me too. I'm, I'm doing this. This is about me. If none of y'all do this, me and the Lord are going to do this. All right? So you can get in on that if you want to. Listen, that's only one side of it. But real quickly, we, so that's just the free, so that's the getting free. Fasting's about getting free. Free of bondages, free, free of strongholds, all those kinds of things. But what about the full side? What, if, you, if you get free, don't you have to get full? Yes, you do. It's always part of the same thing. It's always part of the same thing. Let me show it to you uh, in, in, in Luke chapter 10. So we already saw that Jesus said fast and pray. So fasting's about getting empty. Praying's about getting full. Here at Luke chapter 10, um, Martha's sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Please pay attention to that. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to what he said. Then verse 40, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Jesus came, uh, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. <laughs> Jesus said, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset about over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it's not going to get taken away from her. What did Mary discover? She discovered that sitting at the feet of Jesus in His presence, at listening to the words of Jesus, was what she needed to fill her life with. So if you get free from all this other stuff, you have to get full of prayer. You have to get full of His presence. You have to get full of His Word. You need to read it for yourself. You need to listen to good, solid, anointed Bible teaching and preaching. You fill yourself up with the Word of God. What else makes us spiritually full? John chapter 4, Jesus teaches us some things. This is in the account of Him and the woman at the well. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. The disciples, being the disciples, said, did somebody bring him food while we were gone? Somebody go Taco Bell and bring Jesus the burrito. What, what happened? What's he talking about? He got some food that nobody you don't know anything about. Verse 34, Jesus explained, hey dummies, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing His work. Jesus said, I get full from obedience to God. I get full from doing the work of the Lord. So what are the things that fills us up? 
What should I be filling myself with, John? Anything that makes you more like Jesus. Anything that gets you in His presence. Anything that gets you in His Word. Anything that feeds your spirit and makes your spirit stronger than your flesh. So while you're empty and getting free from the things that are trying to hold you down, then the time and the effort and the energy and the resources that you would have spent doing that, you spend that getting strong and getting full. Okay? Does you no good to get empty if you don't get full? Now, what else, what else do we need to be full of? Well, Jesus said, this, this world is tough, but I've overcome the world. How did Jesus overcome the world? He overcame the world, the world by being full of the Spirit. You read the book of Luke over and over and over again. You see all the things we've talked about. He'd sneak away in prayer. He would spend time in the presence of the Lord. He'd spend time in the Word. And, and, and he, would, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And let me show you this in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and then in verse 8. It says, once when he was eating with them, Jesus commanded them. This is after his resurrection. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you. As I told you before, John baptized you with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's the same baptism that Jesus got. Amen. How did he overcome the world? He was filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 8. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power. Jesus wants to fill you with His power for you to face and overcome all the obstacles, for you to accomplish more than you ever thought was possible spiritually, for you to push through the brass heavens in your prayer life, for you to push through and, and cast aside the obstacle that's standing in your way from getting to and becoming who you are supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Whatever that is for you. Okay, So we have to get free of what binds us and get full of what fuels us. And that's the Holy Spirit and His Word and His work. Okay, Now let me tell on myself real quick. I did some work in the yard this week. New Year's Eve, it was, it was kind of nice. A little, little breezy, a little cool, but it was nice. So we got out in the yard. Back in the summer, I had cut some trees down. And uh, it's just too stinking hot to fool with them. So I let them lay there. So, you know, if you give me five or six months, I get to all the projects that I need to get to. So I went on out there and I cut all that stuff up and I drug the kids with me. So I made them help me. And some of them, one of them volunteered, one of them <coughs> needed to be persuaded. But we got out there and we got after it. All right. So I'm cutting this stuff up. I got my chainsaw, man, stuff's flying everywhere. And they're loading up the, the stuff in the wheelbarrow and they're pushing it up the hill to the burn pile. So everything's great. And they did this 20, 30 minutes, man. And they struggling to get this thing up the hill. Y'all ever done a wheelbarrow? Some of y'all have never done a wheelbarrow, and that shows. You, you need to spend a few minutes with a wheelbarrow pushing pine trees up a hill. You know, so, the, so they, they were struggling to get this thing started. And I said, oh, good Lord, let me get you. Let me help you. So I went over there and, and I started up the hill and I'm thinking, man, this is hard. This is heavy. Good Lord, I'm too old for this. And I had a revelation. You know what my revelation was? I have a pickup truck. <laughs> I've turned 50 and lost my mind. I, I mean, these poor kids struggled for 30 minutes with a wheelbarrow. I've got a stinking pickup truck. So I went over there. I got the truck. I, I said, I'm going to go get my truck. And Anthony said, really? Really? <laughs> 
So I went and got the truck. I pulled it around. We loaded that thing up. Man, there was five wheelbarrows full in the back of that truck. I took my little gloves off. I put them in my truck, and I drove up the hill around to the burn pile. <laughs> we just drugged the stuff out of the back of the truck. It was a beautiful thing. Anthony's just shaking his head. I can't believe we struggled with this thing this whole time. Listen, you can get as free as you want to get. You can, you can, you can get, get rid of all that. So you can fast, you can pray, you can get rid of all that other stuff. But until you get full of the power that He has for you, you are left doing things on your own and in your own strength. Why in the world? So, John, can I, can I live this life, live for the Lord in my own strength? Well, sure you can. But you're going to wear yourself out. Why in the world would you use the, the, the spiritual wheelbarrow of your own power when God has provided us a spiritual truck with His power? So don't just spend time fasting and, and getting free also spend time in prayer and in His Word and in His presence getting full of the Holy Spirit so that you have the power to do what He called us to do. Listen, don't, don't get this twisted. Don't, don't get this confused. He was very clear about what, the, what He was giving us the Holy Spirit for. And in some Pentecostal churches, we have lost the, we've all lost the reason, the purpose for Pentecost. It is not to make our services more lively. It's not for us to check off something on a, some sort of weird spiritual checklist, some sort of spiritual bucket list. He was very clear. He said, you shall receive power. Power to do work. His work, not your work. Power for you to overcome. Power for you to love people like Jesus loved you. That's what the, the Holy Spirit is for. That's why we're supposed to be full of His Spirit. When, when, a, when a person gets a truck, when a person gets a truck, everybody wants to talk about, well, how much power that thing got? What kind of motor it got in it? Somebody asked me about my truck. What kind of motor? I'm like, I don't know. Let's go pop the hood. I don't know. I crank it. It goes. I have no idea. But they want to talk about the, you know, how much power is this thing got? All that kind of stuff. You look at the commercials. It's just a bunch of chest beating about the power of the truck. But listen to me. If you ain't going to tow something, if you ain't going to haul nothing, if you just need something to ride around in, get a Hyundai. It's a whole lot better on gas. It costs you a whole lot less. Buying a truck, new truck, like getting a mortgage. You pay out the wazoo to get one of those things. If you just want to look cute riding in the truck, you wasted your money. And you're going against the purpose for which the truck was created. It was created to do work. Be cute in a Hyundai. And we, we talk about the Holy Spirit who was given to us to do work as if it's, He's just given to us to decorate our lives, to make us cute as we ride around the church. That's not what we're supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit for. It's for us to get free and get full so that we can accomplish His work and His kingdom come and His will be done. His purposes be accomplished in our lives and in our church and in our community and in this world. 
So we can get as excited about the Jericho project as we want to, but until we get free and get full, it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it won't be sustained because we can't sustain it in our own power. We're too bound up by the things of the world. We have to get free and get full. So here's what I want, what I want us to do. I want us to spend just a little bit of time in the presence of the Lord in prayer. Now, John, listen, it's almost 1230. I'm ready to get out of here. I get that. I know you got a half day before you get back to regular routine. I, I, me too. I, I got that. But I don't think you can respond to this kind of message. I don't think you can respond to the word of the Lord through Brother Sam in the back. I don't think you can respond to the word of the Lord through Valerie, through the, the worship that we did this morning. The, lyric, the power in those lyrics is because it's backed up by the word of God. I don't think we can respond appropriately if we just nod and smile and walk out the door. So listen, I don't expect anybody's going to get free and get full in the next three and a half minutes. But can we at least start the process? Can we at least start having that conversation with the Lord? And maybe the first place to start is, what is it, Lord, that you want me to fast this week or this month? Maybe it's this week, maybe it's next, whatever. What do you want me to fast? What is it that's vying for control of my life and I don't even recognize it? What is it? And, and what do you want me to do about it? Maybe that's the first conversation. Maybe you, you've been trying to get free. You've been working on that and God's already got you there. Then it's time for you to be full. To get full. So you said, John, what does that even mean? What's, the, what's this baptism in the Holy Spirit that the Scripture talks about? Listen, we ain't got time to have that conversation today. Here's the bottom line when it comes to the Holy Spirit. When it comes to doing anything for God, just surrender. Just surrender. Get, get in His Word as if you expect to hear Him speak. Get in the presence of God. Get in worship. When you come in worship, don't just go through the motions. Don't just go through the routine. Worship Him as if you expect Him to show up. Work for Him. Serve Him. Give to Him and for Him as if you are doing it for Him. Okay? I'm not even going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to ask you to pray. Okay? They're going to sing a song. If you want to come to the altar, please come to the altar. If you want to bow there at your, at your seat, please do that. If you want to be stubborn and not do any of that, that's between you and the Lord. But let's spend just a minute listening to the voice of God today. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.